Welcome to the podcast of Life Change Church, where we exist to love people to life change. We hope that this podcast is both challenging and encouraging to you. Enjoy the message. Hey, good morning, and we're excited you're here as this will be our, we're switching up service times a little bit, as you heard Caleb say, so this will be our, our last Sunday morning service time for a while, but we're actually switching to evenings, and again, if you uh, came to the picnic, uh, maybe you saw it was just a, it was an awesome time, it was just a time to actually connect with people a little bit better, and we are a church that likes to connect with people, and we realize that Sunday mornings in a small building isn't always comfortable to do that, so it feels a little weird, so we're like, hey, let's, let's change some stuff up, so that is why we're doing that, and we're looking forward to it just as a time to, to really come back together, even as a church, to, to be able to build relationships, to know that we're there for each other, and to do it outside where, hey, it is a safe distance as well, so, and it will be uh, pretty neat to see. As I was reading through Acts, I look at the early church and I see them. They really well, they really just did things basics, right? They just kept things very simple. I think as a church, Big C, as a church of Christians, all of us, I think sometimes we just overcomplicated stuff. So we're just going to go back and say, you know what? We're coming together. We're going to praise. We're going to do worship. We're going to have some prayer together. We're going to break bread communion. We're going to do it kind of the, the pre-packaged style, though, although some of you guys dislike it. It is the safer way to do it, so we'll do that. So, And then we're going to have some time where we can just spend some time together and be the church. Right? The church isn't any of these walls or anything around it. We are the church, and we're, it's time for us to rise up as well. And I see us doing that, and it's just going to be an amazing time for the next several months as we go into, into these uh, outdoor services and then the online at uh, 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings. But hey, we are in the middle of a, uh, of a series that we just started last week, a series entitled Blurred Lines, where we're jumping in and we're looking at things that, that God's been pretty clear about but things that have culture and society have really blurred the lines. And this really goes back, again, we kind of are taking the, the mindset of uh, eyesight. If you remember last week, I talked about how blind I am. So today what I want to do is I want to see if anybody else is blind as well. So right now I believe we have a, a, a vision test up here. So we're going to throw that up. And then, yeah, what I want to see, and this, so this is actually bigger than the ones at the eye doctor. So if you like look at this and you're like crushing it, that doesn't mean you can get rid of your eye exam this year. Right? You probably should still go. But how many of you can read the first line, right? Okay, good. Um, for those of you that can't read the first line, hopefully somebody drove you. And I know that there probably are some people that maybe can't, and they did get, and you did get driven here today, right? But so the first line, how about the second line? All right, all right. How about the third line? All right, so we're pretty good. How about anybody with the fourth line? Oh, I did a test. I was, I was pretty close. I could almost, I could get to the seven line, but let's go fifth line. We'll see if we're dragging anybody out. I'll be your eye exam person to say you need glasses. Sixth line, seventh line. Okay. Some of the back, back row is dropping a little bit. How about the eighth line? Now, how many of you have to really like struggle for the eighth line? How many of you have a headache right now because I made you do this and you're thinking like, dude, those are blurry, but I can read them. I know it says my name. No, it doesn't say your name, right? Just so you know. Here it is. I'm going to give you the guy's answer for the eighth line to see if you had it right. D-E-F-P-O-T-E-C. Death puttuck. Right? But again, if you're looking at that and, and maybe it was a little blurry for you, chances are you were, you were struggling a little bit. Right? And when things are blurry, what happens? We struggle a bit. Right? When things are blurry in our lives, we, we strain to see it. We strain to make sure that we're, we're following the guidelines and all these things that come along with it. And sometimes it can cause us pain. 
Right? Sometimes it can, like with our eyesight, obviously it can give us a little bit of a headache. Right? But in our lives, it can also cause pain elsewhere. Right? Again, we learn that when things are blurry, it affects how we act. It affects how we think. It affects the words we say. And we learn that when things are blurry, that they can be, it can be dangerous to our relationship with God, and it can be dangerous to our relationship with others. But again, God made things pretty clear for each and every one of us. Right? God made it clear of what he expects of each of us as his followers. Now we're through this series, what we're talking about is how culture, how society, how social media, how regular media, any media, really tries to blur all these things up. But again, God is extremely clear on all these. And really what we're jumping into is we're jumping into a passage of Scripture in the book of Proverbs that really shows the example of how clear God is on what He expects of us. So it's Proverbs 6, verses 16 through 19. And again, this is the main passage of our scripture for this series, so I would challenge you to highlight this, underline it, whatever you do, to make a note of it, write it all the way down, whatever it is, I challenge you to do that, and maybe even commit it to memory. And if you have your Bibles, you can go there with me. And if you don't have a Bible, obviously the, the Bible app is a, an incredible resource that we push, that way you can be reading your Bibles every single day. But again, just a little background on this passage of scripture. This scripture was written by a guy named Solomon, who is the wisest man who ever walked the planet Earth. In fact, he asked God himself for wisdom. Right? He was actually the, the son of King David, and when he became a king, he, he asked for wisdom in order to, to rule over the lands, and God gave him that wisdom. So because of that, Solomon had this incredible understanding of life. Solomon had this incredible understanding of people, and he had this incredible understanding of God as well. Right? To Solomon, things were not unclear. They were like that big, giant E that we all saw. Right? Things, were, things were really clear for him. And he, things were even clear about God as well. And this is what he says about God in Proverbs 6, 16-19. He says, There are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to Him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. I'm just going to repeat those again because I think if we look around, we can kind of see some of these things, right? Haughty eyes. Again, we talked about this last week. When we hear the word haughty eyes, we're like, oh, that's fine. But what it is is pride. And really, when we look around, we see pride, right? So haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who stirs up conflict in the community, right? When you look at these things and you're thinking like, man, so-and-so needs to be here for this because they are the pot stirrer. Like that last one, the person who stirs up conflict in the community, that is them, right? No, listen, we all need to hear this, right? We need to hear this. And this series is getting real. And it's, it really should affect many of us in many different ways. Because if you look at a, any area of our life, there's, there's lines where I think sometimes they get blurred. There's lines where sometimes we can't see them clearly. So a lot of times we're straining for them. And because of that, it's affecting other parts of our life. Right, so last week we talked about, we talked about haughty eyes when we talked about pride. And we learned that pride is about our glory and humility is about God's glory. So what I want to do is obviously we're just going to jump right down to the next one. And today we're going to look at the lying tongue. So as we start, I don't want anybody to lie. I want everybody to be honest right now. How many of you have ever lied before? Right? If you don't have your hand up, let me just say, you're probably lying right now in church. 
If your person's hand wasn't up, please take one seat and go next. Take one seat and separate yourself from them, right? This is it's a six, distance, six feet distance for another reason, right? But right, I, we do. We all lie. Right? We probably lied before. There's probably some of us that we, we lied this week. There might be some of us that have, have already lied this morning, right? I, I don't know about you, but like when I asked my wife and said, hey, do you, think this, uh, do you think this shirt, like, can you tell that I gained weight through this COVID stuff? I want her to lie to me, and that's okay, right? No, it's not okay because God still hates it. But the chances are we've all lied, right? And I think sometimes we don't intend to lie, but sometimes they, they really just come out. Right? And some of us, we're probably, we're probably carrying around false IDs because we lied at the, at the B&V about our, about our weight on our driver's license, right? Some of us, we might have lied about our age before. I'm going to say we probably lied about where all the cookies and the Oreo packet went, right? How many we ate. We've all lied. And chances are, it might have even gotten you into some trouble before. In fact, I remember growing up, one of the, one of the times I got in the most trouble was really due to a lie. I'm going to take you all the way back to fifth grade Corbin. How many of you have ever been grounded before? Some of you are like, grounded? I got whooped. What are you talking about? Right? And listen, I've had a, my share of ping pong paddles broken over my rear end before. It's fine. But I did get grounded. I got grounded one time, and it was because of a lie. And listen, grounding for me, was, it was tough. I, for me, it wasn't like they took away video games. That wasn't like I, I was, we didn't have that stuff, right? Like my parents were teachers. They told me that we were poor so that we didn't have video games, but I did have friends. So the grounding was like, hey, you can't hang out with your friends. And here's why. I got grounded because I lied. See, in fifth grade, I played the saxophone. I know it's pretty cool. And I, I was supposed to practice this thing like every week. And, uh, and then I was supposed to have my mom sign off on the form to go in, and I would hand it to the teacher and say, here's the sign-off form, and yep, I practiced, so first of all, I got my grade, and then what was really cool about this is in fifth grade, when you signed off, when you had your parents' signature, when you practiced enough, you got a Laffy Taffy. And listen, for a fifth grader, a banana Laffy Taffy was like, it was the deal, right? Some of you guys are like, that's disgusting. I don't know what it was. But it was amazing. So I wanted that piece of Laffy Taffy. And there was one week where I forgot to get my mom to sign this form. I went into school. I'm thinking like, oh, I got to figure out something here. I can make this. I still want that Laffy Taffy. So what I do, I became Cynthia Huffman. I signed it right away, right? So I forged her signature. And listen, I, I got away with it for a little bit, right? So I got there. And I'm like, sweet. My teacher didn't catch it. So I'm like, all right, this is sweet. And then the next week came by. I'm thinking like, uh-oh. What am I going to do? Well, I can't show it to my mom because, well, she's going to know that she didn't sign it last week, and she's smarter than my teacher in band, so I'll just sign it again. So I did. I signed it again, and for weeks and weeks, I probably went probably five to six weeks where I was forging my mom's signature each week so that I could get that banana Laffy Taffy. And then one day, my mom's like, hey, how's band going? And I'm thinking, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Like, it's pretty good. Uh, yep, everything's fine. Ship shape. What do, you, what do you mean? She's like, wasn't I supposed to sign something? Where? I'm like, uh, yeah. Let me get that for you, Mom. So here's what I try to do, right? Instead of trying to just fess up right away, I decided I'm going to be smart, and I'm going to get her that paper, but I'm going to cover up the top portion of where I did the four signatures and just show it to her. Let's just say my mom was pretty smart. She's like, hey, what do you, what's this paper up here? And she pulls it up. And she's like, I don't think I signed those, did I? Like, uh, should I lie or should I fess up? I'm like, no, you didn't, Mom. 
I'm sorry, right? And so that's how I got grounded. And it was a lie that turned into another lie that turned into another lie. She did ask me if I practiced, and I was like, I don't know if this is a lie or not, but yes, I did practice. I practiced forging your signature, not the saxophone, but I practiced forging your signature, so yes, I did practice, right? But again, if you look at the results of lying, they're never good. But the truth is we still do it. And the truth is, I think it's a trap that many of us, we fall into. In fact, I, I did some research, and uh, I think I shared this before, but it showed that uh, according to the University of Massachusetts, a study there, that the average person lies four times a day. Think about that. Four times a day. And then it went even further to state that 60% of people cannot even have a 10-minute conversation without lying. Like, that's pretty crazy, right? And think about it. Think about why. It's because the lines have been blurred in our lives. Right? We think it's okay to tell a lie. Right? We blurred the lies because we, we've justified lies. Right? We, even, we even have reasons why we lie. I mean, think about it. What's one of the reasons we lie? We lie to impress people. Right? We think a little white lie might look us, make us look a little bit better. Right? We might make us look, a, and it's no big deal because you know, it's not really hurting anybody. Guess what it is? A blurred line. I think about it. We lie to avoid conflict. Right? We think we'll do less damage if we uh, just give a little lie to avoid the conflict rather than face it head on. Again, blurred lines. Right? We lie to get away with something, right? to shift blame. We lie to, to get the attention off of us. And again, what is it? Blurred lines. Right? Sometimes we, we lie just to be nice. Right? Again, that, that shirt might not be the most flattering, but what we're doing is we're telling them that it is, but it's a lie. But understand this. God detests lies. And not just all lies, not just some lies, but all lies lies. Again, six things the Lord hates, seven things that are detestable to him. Right? This is what Solomon says in chapter 6, but he actually reiterates this whole idea with lying again in chapter 12 when he says this in, in Proverbs 12, 22. He says, the Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in people who are trustworthy. Again, if you look at the word detestable, we looked at this last week and we learned that it's an intense dislike. Right? It's an abomination. A lie is an abomination to God. Right? Lies are disgusting to him. Lies are repulsive to God. Right? They make him nauseous. He detests lies. Right? He detests those that are lying, but he delights in those who are trustworthy. And if you look at it, lying and trustworthiness, they're on the complete opposite ends of the spectrum. Right? You cannot be both at the same time. And God calls us to be trustworthy each and every day. Right? God calls us to, to live above lies. Right? He calls us to live above even the white lies that we try to, to use just to make ourselves feel better. Why? Because he hates lies. And here's why he hates lies. Because we're never more like the devil than when we lie. Right? You're never more like the devil than when you lie. Right? Lies make us look and act like Satan. Right? Again, that may be hard to hear, but listen, over and over again with Scripture, we see that's who Satan is. We see lying as a part of his character. We see lying as, as the scheme that he goes back to each and every day. Right? And we see it. And when we do it, what we're doing, we're looking like him. Right? Lying is a sin and it separates us from God and it makes us look like Satan. In fact, Jesus says it this way in uh, John chapter 8, 44. He says, when we lie, when we believe lies, when we live out lies, he says this. He says, you belong to your father, the devil, and you, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding on to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Look at this. This is Jesus talking, right? And this is, like, this is pretty intense. He says, you belong to the Father, the devil, right? That's, this is what Jesus is saying. He's actually speaking directly to the Jewish leaders at this time who were, uh, who were believing lies about who they were, and they were actually spreading lies about Jesus in order to set Jesus up. But what's interesting about this is he says that these people, 
who often people would look at as the religious leaders, these people who were lying, says that they belong to the devil. Listen, that's some strong language. But that's what Satan, that's when Satan gets us to lie, he gets us to look like him. And it's a scheme he uses over and over and over again. If you look at it, Satan is the father of lies and he wants us to lie. In fact, he'll do anything to get us to lie. He'll get anything to get, to get us to, to bend the truth, right? He wants us to just give little teeny white lies because he knows that they'll lead into bigger lies, right? He wants us to, to forge our mom's signature because he knows next week we're going to have to forge it again, right? You know, he wants us just to do one thing because he wants to take us down to a path where, where we never intended to go, where we were never supposed to go, right? He wants us to lie to, to cover things up. He wants us to lie just to be nice. He wants us to lie to, to make ourselves look better. He wants us to lie to, to try to prove ourselves to others. He wants us to lie to cheat. He really wants us to lie for any reason because that's who he is. He's the father of lies. And he knows that if he can get us to lie, he knows that he can get us distracted as well. And he knows he can hurt us when we're distracted. Right? So he wants to, he'll do anything to get us to lie. He'll do anything to get us to lie to ourselves. He'll do anything and he wants us to lie to others as well. And he wants us to lie to ourselves. I think a lot of times we, we do this, right? We, we rationalize things or we try to justify things. We know that maybe the Holy Spirit's convicting us of something that we're supposed to change, but Satan will, will just put a little, a little blurb in our head and say, you know what, it's not that bad. You're fine, right? You can get over it, right? Or Satan will, will try to get us to lie to ourselves and, and make us play the role of the victim, right? He'll want us to, to be insecure. The truth is he wants us to doubt ourselves. So what he'll do is he'll feed lies to us over and over again. And I'll feed these lies that are directed towards our identity. If you notice, one thing that Satan always does is he always attacks our identity. And he uses lies to do it, right? He distracts us from who God called us to be. He distracts us from who God says we are, right? We are a child of God, but Satan will tells us, tell us lies over and over again to tell us differently, right? He wants us to tell lies to ourselves, and then he wants us to believe his lies, Again, he wants to define us with lies. He wants to distort who we really are. He'll lie to us and tell us that we're a failure. He'll lie to us and tell us that we're worthless. He'll lie to us and tell us that, that we're a disappointment. And he wants us to believe it. Right? Because he doesn't want us to realize the power that we have through Jesus Christ. Right? That's why he wants us to live a lie. And if you think about it, living a lie is exhausting. How many of you ever got caught up in a, a trap of lies? Like the, the whole whirlwind. And it's exhausting, right? Listen, I'm going to tell you, it was exhausting. As a fifth grader, I can remember. This is why I remember this story now. It was exhausting trying to remember every Friday to forge my mom's signature to make the C just right, right? Just to, and it continued on. I've been in other lives too where I'm thinking like, man, this never ends, right? It's an exhausting thing. And Satan knows when, he, when we're exhausted, it's easier to attack us and kill us, right? And he's come to seek, kill, and destroy, and he uses lies to do it. And I think the bad news is that many times we fall into this. Many times we've blurred the lines and we have this misconception that lies work better than the truth. Right? We think that, that lies can bring us security, but really it's a, it's a false security. Right? We think that they can help us, but the truth is they do just the opposite. If you think about it, lies often they breed more fear than anything else. Right? They bring less of what really matters. They destroy us. Because what it is, a lie is really a misplaced trust. Right? A lie is anything that's used to deceive us, to get our trust in something else. And if you look at it, the lies we listen to, the lies we tell, and the lies we allow ourselves to believe are really where we, we, we don't completely trust God. Right? Those areas, they're, they're, they're displaying where we don't completely trust God because they're a form of putting our trust in something or somebody that's not 
trustworthy. Right? And that's a destructive place to be. Right? It's a trap. It's a trap that often keeps us in bondage. And when we're caught up in lies, when we're caught up in telling lies, when we're caught up in believing lies, really, we come to that place where we feel like there's no way out. And it's a downward spiral. And it leads to more and more lies. But understand this. It's not God's plan. Right? It's not God's plan. That's why he detests them. Right? You look more like the devil than anything else when we tell lies. And that's why God detests lies. Because they keep us in bondage and he doesn't want that for us. Right? Because they keep us from him and he wants us to be connected to him. Because they're harmful to our well-being. Whereas the truth sets us free. Listen, understand this. Jesus wants the truth for us. He wants us to be set free. And listen, as I'm talking about this right now, maybe you're here today, maybe you're caught up in a trap of lies. Guess what? Understand that Jesus, that God hates lies, but he doesn't hate you as the liar. He sent his son, Jesus, to forgive you as the liar, to forgive you as the, the one who's struggling in that sin, the one struggling in that thing that's taking away from you. Right? And what gets us out of that is truth. In fact, John 8, 32 says this. It says, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. Listen, God is the truth. Right? Jesus is the truth. His teachings are the truth, and that will set you free. Listen, God doesn't want any of us to feel helpless. God doesn't want any of us to feel trapped. He doesn't want any of us to, to be enslaved to, to our sins, our regrets, our, our past mistakes, our past pains. He doesn't want any of us to feel like we have to lie to cover those things up. He doesn't want any of us to have, feel like that we have to lie to, to try to prove ourselves to somebody else. He's already proven us through his son, Jesus Christ. Listen, you don't have to lie. You don't have to walk around feeling of like, man, what if they find out? I'm just going to lie instead of, instead of anybody finding out. Listen, Jesus is bigger than any of your what ifs, right? He's greater than anything on the past. He's greater than anything you're holding on to. He's greater than anything that you feel you have to lie about to cover up because he's the ultimate sacrifice for us. Right? Listen, he lived a perfect life, died on a cross, and was risen again for each and every one of us. That's the truth, and the truth will set you free. Right? We don't have to live in the fear of the what ifs. Right? We don't have to hide and lie about certain things. We don't have to, to live from one lie to the next. We don't have to live and, and, and listen and, and know the lies about us and the lies told us against us, but we can live in freedom. Right? But we have, to, we have to live in the truth. And living the truth means that we actually have to confess. We have to get our secrets out. Listen, what you keep secret keeps you bound. What you keep lying about, what you keep trying to cover up keeps you bound. Right? Your lies are really the, the bars of your, of your prison. They're the things that are holding you back, so get rid of them, right? Get rid of them. Freedom comes from truth. Freedom comes from an openness. Freedom comes from being a real, right? And we can all experience this. This is what God wants for each and every one of us, right? So here's how we do it. To unblur the lines, to overcome lying, what we have to do is we have to confess. Really, that's like our one action step right there, is we have to confess. We have to live our lives really in, a, in an open mindset of confessing, right? God can bless anything that we confess. God can bless your mess if you just confess. That rhymed, it sounds pretty fun, right? But God can bless it, right? Because confession, it leads to freedom. It leads to blessing. It leads to forgiveness. It leads to, it leads to healing, right? So here's my challenge for you this week. Right? To overcome lies is not just to not tell lies. It's to actually confess. It's to live a life of openness, Instead of running from the things that you fear the most in your life, what if you ran towards them? What if you just let God have them all, right? 
Instead of just faking it and going through motions and, and feel like you're living a life, what if you just got real and confessed your sins to him? Right? First John chapter 1, verse 9 says this. It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Think about that. If we confess, he's going to forgive us. If we confess, he's going to purify us. It doesn't say there, if we confess, then he's going to make you feel bad, so you should go hide and run and lie more, right? No, he says, if we confess, he's going to purify us. He's going to forgive us. That's what happens. That's the result, right? If we do this, if we confess, then he will do this. And understand this, God is always true to his word. He's always going to do what he says he's going to do. He's always going to be who he says he is. And if he says he's going to forgive, if he says he's going to purify, he's going to to do it. So we have to do our part. Right? We have to confess. I think some of us, we're living a life full of guilt and shame, and we just keep walking by forgiveness. We just keep walking by purification because we feel like we have to hide so many things. So what do we do instead? We just lie and lie and lie. Listen, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to confess. I want to challenge you not to pass off forgiveness, not just to walk by it, not to pass up purification, but not, to, not just to walk by it, but instead confess confess, which means this means we have to admit our wrongs. We have to, we have to acknowledge our weaknesses. Instead of trying to hide or trying to prove ourselves to something, we just have to be who we are and say, God, this is, this is where I messed up. This is where I need your help, right? We have to confess it to him. Listen, he already knows it anyways. I think that's the funny thing about it. Like he knows everything about us, but yet we still try to hide things from him, right? We still try to lie about certain things, right? But we need to confess and we confess through prayer, right? So spend some time Spend some time this week in your prayers actually confessing, right? Make it a part of your daily routines. Instead of just making a list of, God, here's all the things I need, say, God, here's all the areas where I messed up. Here's all the areas where I'm trying to hide. Here's all the areas where we're leading me to, to lie about certain things, right? We need to confess. And when he does, he forgives us, right? Jesus taught us this even in the Lord's Prayer. Right? Matthew 6, 9 through 13 is, a, is a, the Lord's Prayer. And Jesus teaches us exactly how to pray. And he says that confession is a part of it, right? He says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Right? Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive our trespasses. Forgive us our sins as, as we forgive those who sin against us. Right? Part of that is saying, forgive me of where I've messed up. Like, that's a part of prayer. And I'll go further and say, you know what? Part of prayer is actually forgiving as well. Right? So part of confession is saying, man, Here's the areas where I got hurt. I think a lot of times we, we try to mask up where we've been hurt, right? And we lie about it. We say, oh yeah, well that wasn't a big deal, but what were we doing? We we're holding on to a grudge, we're holding on to resentment, which actually leads to some other areas where, where lines are blurred, which we'll talk a little bit about next week, right? But I think we need to do that. So part of a overcoming lying is confessing to God, right? Confessing to God, right? We have to deal with those things. Confessing to God, we have to confess it to him through prayer. And then oftentimes when we confess through prayer, guess what's going to happen? There's a lot of times where he's going to give us an area to respond. He's going to convict us. He's going to say, okay, this is, where I, this is what I need you to do next, right? We need to respond to that as well. We need to respond to that conviction. And understand there's a difference between conviction and condemnation, right? And we can easily beat ourselves up. We can easily be listening to the lies of Satan, if we've confessed something to God and then we've moved on and we've done what God's told us, guess what? It's over. But what happens is what Satan will do is he'll try to, to get us to, to listen to lies. He'll try to get us to, to replace something that we've confessed 
And he'll try to tell us that that is who we are. He'll try to get that our identity, and he'll keep pouring it over us and over us and over us. If we've already dealt with it and we're still feeling it, guess what? It's condemnation and shame, and we need to move past it. Right? We need to move past it. So we need to confess to God. We also need to confess to others. Right? In some circumstances, we, we need to confess to others. To live above lies means that we actually need to, to share with others. Now, I will say this. This doesn't mean that you go and put everything on Facebook that you did wrong. Some of you are thinking like, well, that's actually better than what I'm seeing on Facebook now, right? And it could be, but we don't need to do that, right? You don't put everything on the whole, on the whole world for everybody to see, but you use some wisdom, right? Maybe there's a close friend that you trust that can keep you accountable. Maybe you need to confess to them and tell them some of the things that you did. Maybe you need to confess to them saying, here's some areas where I've been lying. Here's some areas where I've been trying to cover up and, and listening to the devil about this is my identity and I need your help to, to, to walk in the true freeness of who Jesus is. And maybe, you need to, maybe there's something that, maybe somebody you hurt. Maybe there's somebody that, that you lied to yourself. Maybe you actually need to confess to them directly as well. Listen, whatever it is, I want to challenge you to do it. Right? We need to confess to others. James 5.16 says, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Right? We need to admit our failures to each other. Right? We need to uh, admit who we are. We need to miss some areas where we're covering up. Right? And why? Because when we do, we experience healing. Right? We can experience healing. Listen, if we've hurt somebody else, if we lied to somebody else, they can experience healing as well through that confession. So we need to confess to others. Right? We need to confess to others. So think about it. Think about it. Is there an area... Maybe where you hurt somebody. Is there an area where maybe you've been lying to somebody about something that you need to share with them? I want to challenge you this week. I want to challenge you to do it. Right? I want to challenge you to pray about it. Use discernment, right? Use discernment, but go and pray about it. And then confess. Confess to each other. And then another area of this passage of Scripture says we need to confess with purpose. And the purpose is always prayer. Listen, our confession should always lead us right back to Jesus. Our overcoming life should always lead us right back to the one who actually identifies us correctly. So I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to confess with the purpose of partnering in prayer. Right? I want to challenge you to do that. Right? So today, to overcome lies, we have to live in openness. We have to live in a, with an authentic way. We have, to, we have to tell Jesus what we're going through. We have to tell our friends what we're going through. As a, for some of us, maybe these lies aren't just like big lies. Maybe they're just lies about how we're even dealing with, with all this COVID stuff, right? Listen to me, I'll, I'll be honest. So the last couple of weeks, I think it was about two weeks ago, I looked, at, I looked at my wife, Sarah, and said, hey, this is rough. She's like, what? She's like, you've been covering up all this time. Like, you're rock star in it, man. I'm like, yeah. But I'm like, yeah, I just, I miss people, right? And what I didn't realize is how much I like people's face and their interactions and their expressions and how like immediately it's a connection point. When obviously with some, we're wearing masks, we're supposed to wear masks, but without it, sometimes you just miss that connection. I'm like, hey, you know what? It's taking a toll on me. I was lying to her without actually saying anything, but I needed to confess to her. Maybe for you, maybe it's something as simple as that. And let me just tell you, it's connected us in an incredible way. I feel so much better that I actually got it off my chest and telling her, telling somebody, even telling you now, right? Because there's healing in confession. Listen, we need to live life real. And part of living that life real is actually making a relationship with God, not just going through the motions, right? And for some of us, maybe our prayers have just been going through the motions and it's time to get real. It's time to overcome those blurred lines of lying by getting real and authentic and confessing with him.
I want to challenge you today. I want to challenge you to, to live a life of confession. Right? Wherever that looks like in your life, I want to challenge you to do it. And as we close, maybe for you, maybe for you, maybe the first step is confessing that you can't do it alone. And maybe you're watching online, maybe you've been trying to, to go through these motions and you know what you need to do? Is you need to start off with a relationship with Jesus by committing your life to him. Listen, if that's you, I want to give you that opportunity. If you're here in person, what you could do is you can take the connection card in the seat back in front of you and there's a place that says, I want to make a commitment to follow God. If that's you, write that, check mark that box, write that down. If you're watching online, you could simply uh, make a comment in the comment section or send us a private message as well. We'd love to follow up and know about that and pray, be praying for you through that. Maybe for you, maybe God's challenging you to do something. Maybe for you, maybe you've been living certain lies. Maybe there's different things that you're, maybe believing lies about you. Maybe there's some blurred lines in your, in your life that you're, that you're dealing with, that you need to deal with. That's what I want to challenge you to deal with those. Do what God's telling you. Maybe it's an area of confession, maybe to him, maybe to somebody else, whatever it is, live it out. There's also a place on, uh, on those connection cards for prayer requests as well. So what we're going to do is we're going to end a little bit differently. Um, we're going to end with, with communion, actually. So I think a lot of times what happens is we go through and we sin, we, we mess up, we have blurred lines, and it's what distracts us and keeps us free from God. So through this series, what we're going to do is we're actually going to have communion each week because as these lines get unblurred, the closer we get to Jesus. And I think a great way of, of really showing that is by taking communion and realizing all that he has done for each and every one of us. So right now, Robert's going around and Usher's going around with gloves on, handing you prepackaged communion elements. So nobody else is going to touch your, your communion element and it will be with a glove. So it is safe. And we're going to take communion together as a, as a closing, as a way really just to, to symbolize of that all that Jesus has done for us and the identity that he's given us and the fact that we don't have to live in lies. And again, at Life Change Church, we believe that communion is open to everybody. So even if you're watching online, we would challenge you to go run to the, to the refrigerator, grab some grape juice or some water or orange juice or anything that's liquid you have and some bread, and you can take communion with us as well. We believe it's open to anybody who has a relationship with Jesus Christ. And uh, really, we believe it's a, a great reminder of, of all that he's done for us. If you look at it, communion was a, a time where Jesus spent with his disciples. It was known as the Last Supper. And he was uh, spending time with his disciples right before he was going to the cross. And he was reminding them and telling them all that he was going to do. And what they were doing, they're actually celebrating what was known as the Passover meal. And it was a time where they were celebrating the fact that God passed over the Israelites to save them. And he actually freed them from slavery from the Egyptians. And Jesus is saying that, you know what, as we celebrate this, that he's going to free us from the slavery of sin. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to take the bread, if you want to take the top layer there. And the bread represents his body that was broken for us. And in Luke twenty-two nineteen 19, it says, and he took the bread, gave thanks, and broke it. And he gave it to them saying, this is my body given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's eat together. And then we're going to drink the, the juice, which represents his blood that was shed for us. And verse 20 continues, it says, In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Let's drink together. Dearly Father, we just thank you right now. 
God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for the fact that you gave your son to us to overcome any blurred lines in our life and to present us with clarity of who we are and who you are. God, we thank you. We thank you as we, we take this communion. God, we thank you that what it represents. We thank you for the body. We thank you for the blood. We thank you that it was shed and broken for us so that we could have a relationship with you. And God, right now, we come to you as we, as we celebrate all that you've done for us. We come to you just recognizing our faults, recognizing our weaknesses, confessing where we've made mistakes, God, and knowing that through your power, through the body and through the blood, we are made right in your eyes. And we just thank you for that right now. And God, we pray that you'll go before us this week, God. God, we pray that you'll help us to overcome lying in, areas, in every areas of our life. Let us not see it as normal. Let us not see it as, a, as something that's, that just happens because it's because research says it happens, because the culture says it happens, but let us see it as something that you detest and hate because you know and we know that it separates us from you. And God, let us not be separated from you this week. God, let us go forward just connected to you in a crazy and incredible, mighty way. God, we love you and we thank you. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. You are dismissed. Thanks for watching online. And we will see you next week for 9 o'clock online only and then 6 p.m. at the church. Have an incredible week. Thank you for listening to the Life Change Church podcast. If you were here today and you were listening and you made a decision to follow Christ, we would love to hear about it. Or maybe you're here and you're listening and that God is asking you to make the next step with whatever that it is in your life. We would love to hear about it and partner up with you. If you would, go to www.mylifechangechurch.com and under the media section, please fill out the contact us information and let us know if you made a decision to follow Christ. Let us know what God is asking of you. And if you need prayer, we would love to partner up with you in prayer as well. We hope that you enjoyed the podcast and that it both encouraged and challenged you. Have a great week.